The Atlanta Braves have taken some pretty big swings this offseason in order to try to increase their chances in 2024. I'm going to tell you why Chris Sale is the biggest swing of all and why he's going to have the biggest impact on the Braves winning a World Series this upcoming season. I'll answer that question and many more on today's mailbag episode of Locked on Braves. So let's get into it. You are Locked on Braves, your daily Atlanta Braves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, and welcome back to Locked On Braves, part of Locked On Sports Atlanta, where we cover your favorite Atlanta sports teams each and every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on social media at shortstopball. Also, make sure you check out my written work over at bravestoday.com. Make sure you follow the podcast on social media at LockedOn underscore Braves. Send in any questions, comments, or feedback that you have for the podcast. And it is a Mailbag Friday episode, so I will be answering all of your questions that you submitted to LockedOn underscore Braves on social media. If you're new on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. We're above 8,800 subscribers, getting really close to 9K, hoping to get to 10K by opening day. You can help me get there by hitting that thumbs up button as well so everybody else can see the show Hopefully like it and subscribe and join our community we have here at Lockdown Braves, which is a great community. I want to thank you for being an everydayer here at Lockdown Braves. Thank you so much for your support, whether on YouTube, listening to the audio version. I thank you so, so much. On this Friday evening, we have Leland in here with us, DJ, Jeffrey Humphreys, AJ Evans, Michael Ritchie, Julie C. And I'm sure we're going to have more trickling in here throughout the evening as I'm recording this live. And I do a lot of these episodes live during the offseason. You want to join me, usually starting around 9 p.m. Central. It is a mailbag episode. Got a lot of questions to get to. Who's the most impactful offseason addition the Braves have made? Got more questions about the future of the shortstop position, which I'll get into, and a lot of other great, great questions. You always do a fantastic job of submitting me fresh new questions each and every week. Before we answer those, though, I want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On for $20 off your first purchase. See Joel Ray Williams joining in here as well, saying good evening. Good evening to you, Joel. Let's jump into the questions we have for this week's Friday mailbag. First one coming from Bellfire, who says, which offseason addition will have the biggest impact on the Braves' World Series chances in 2024? When I read that question, three names come to mind for me. Chris Sale, Jared Kelnick, Ronaldo Lopez. When you look at the off-season off additions, those are the three biggest in my mind, and I think those are the ones that are going to have the highest impact. Uh, Lopez, I think, is a high-leverage reliever. Kelnick, hopefully, is another really solid bat in the bottom of your order. And Chris Sale, somewhere in the rotation. For me, this question is pretty easy to answer. I think it's Chris Sale. I mean, you're talking about an, an impact starter who I believe still has top of the rotation potential, adding that to your rotation, adding to that depth behind a Spencer Strider and a Max Freed. If, if you happen to lose one of those guys again, and let's hope that's not the case, and let's hope Chris Sale stays healthy. We know that's been an issue for him. But then you have a veteran like that who still has really good stuff, strikeout stuff, which you want in the postseason, and I feel like he just gives you a little bit more insurance there. 
And we talked about this on Wednesday's episode. We were looking at the Philadelphia Phillies and how the Braves match up and talking about all the lefties that the Braves have targeted this offseason. And Chris Sale's another one that I think will give that Reds or that Phillies lineup some fit. So I think Chris Sale, it's an easy answer for me as somebody who I think will have the biggest impact for the Braves in 2024, increasing their chances of winning the World Series of their offseason additions. All right, got several coming here from Cavs Buckeyes. First one says, if you had to pick one, which Brave overperforms his zip Zips projections in 2024? This is another easy answer for me because Zips only projects Jared Kelnick to have 0.6 war. You know, they're basing that off of the last three years, which may understandable, but if Jared Kelnick is only a 0.6 war player for the Braves in 2024, he's not going to be the left fielder for the Braves very long. I'm not saying they just would completely give up on it, but I think you're going to see other people get a chance who we may talk about later in this podcast, but I think he's going to certainly overperform that projection. It's also just really hard to say that anybody else on the Braves lineup is going to overperform their projections because they're all very, very solid projections already. So Kelnick's the easy answer there for me. Next one from Cavs Buckeyes says, right now, Freddie goes to Cooperstown with a Braves hat, a Dodgers hat, or hatless. I say Braves right now, especially if he you know, doesn't win another MVP, doesn't win another World Series. He did both of those things in a Braves uniform. I think, I think he easily goes in as a Brave right now. Cavs Buckeyes says, can Strider get to 3,000 Ks? When I first read this question, I thought, no way. It's, you know, just can't be done in today's game. But if he averages 200 strikeouts a year for 13 more years, and that's a long time, and that's a long time for a pitcher to pitch and pitch at a high level like that. But, you know, he's going to have more years where he's going to have 250 plus. He, you know, he's going to have some years probably at the end where maybe he only gets to 100, 150. He's going to have years where, you know, he doesn't pitch enough innings, but he'd have to pitch 13 more years and average 200 strikeouts a year to get to that number. It doesn't seem impossible. Um, you know, he is getting into his mid-20s. He's a college guy, so breaking in a little bit later, that's kind of against him. So he'd have to pitch into his mid to late 30s to get there. And like I said, still continue to produce at a high level like this. It's The odds are against him just because pitcher injuries are what they are and longevity for pitchers in today's games is not very long at all. So certainly the odds are against him, but uh, he can certainly get there if – Definitely, if he continues up this production that he has, and even if it tapers off at a normal expectancy into his mid to late 30s, and as long as he stays healthy, there's a lot of ifs in there. That's why the odds are against him. But he can do it, but I I wouldn't make that bet. And then another one from Cass Buckeyes. Do you ever worry about Ozzy as a single-season blip regression candidate? His profile due to the low on-base percentage is a bit of a high-wire act to me. This has always been the case for me. With Ozzy Albies, that's why he's been one of the more frustrating Braves hitters for me to watch since he came up because he just has such highs and lows. Even in a season itself, he'll be so cold sometimes with his aggressive nature up there and going up there swinging at the first pitch. It just, he can go through these lulls, these hot and cold stretches, but it's enough of a sample size now that as long as he's healthy and plays a full season, he's going to get to his numbers. Now, could he have years where Average and OPS wise, we know the on base is always going to be 300 to 320, something in that range. But you could see him, 
you know, hitting 240 to 250. You could see that OPS being more around 700 to 720, something like that. I could see him regressing in that way. But again, every full season he's played that he's been healthy, he's hit at least 24 home runs. And the last two full healthy seasons he's had, he's hit at least 30 home runs. So the power is there. But I could see some years where he just regresses to the point where his average is you know, below 250. His OPS is hovering around 700. I could certainly see that with Ozzy because of his, his profile. Jamar Baker, 77, says, Last year the Braves had a record eight All-Stars. Who do you see having a strong start to the 2024 season and will represent the Braves this year in the All-Star game? Hard to pick here because, like you said, there's already a lot of All-Stars that you know, even if they get out to good starts, you're going to see this Braves fan base who is one of the best and most active in social media and voting and all of that. You're going to see Braves players get pushed. Kelnick's another one. He got off to a hot start last year with the Mariners, and he's just the you know the only one on here really you can look at and say you know if he gets off to a, another hot start, he's going to you know get the attention of Braves fans and Braves fans you know do what they do best and support their team and their players and I could see them stuffing the ballot box. The problem with that is he has to contend in the outfield with Michael Harris and Ronald Acuña Jr who are both likely to be all-star candidates, but I could see Kelnick getting off to another hot start like he did last year and a good Braves team where he's going to get some exposure here and like I said with that great fan base behind him. All right, got a lot more questions to get to, and I'll get to those here next. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And right now, to help you get ready for the big game coming up, users get $100 off when you buy a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. With killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And if you're looking at going to a Braves spring training games, they have those for as low as $29. If you're like me and you missed out on the pre-sale for opening day and you're going to have to go to the secondary market to get your tickets, might as well go on over to Game Time. They have Braves home opener tickets for under $100. That's where I'll be going to get my opening day tickets. Game Day has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event. And even an hour after it starts, it's the place to find last-minute seats. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. And again, right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. That's V-E-G-A-S. 100 terms apply again download the game time app use code vegas 100 for 100 dollars off or if you're not going to the big game use code locked on l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n for 20 dollars off your first purchase download the game time app today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed If you haven't already, I want to remind you again that Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. 
All right, hopping back in to the questions here. Got several more that I want to get to. I like this one here from Blake Newsom. Says, I know you're not able to make it to Brace Fest, but if you were able, what would you what would your perfect day of plans be for what to do at the event? Anything is on the table. So I'm gonna give you two things here. I've never been to a Brace Fest, talked about it before. I really want to go. Unfortunately, it sounds like weather could uh, be hurting this one a little bit this weekend, but I can't wait to go one year and take my, my kids. I know they'll love it. I will love it as well. Of what they offer, I'd attend all the instructional clinics just to get the insight, hear some of the players, coaches talk about, you know, get some of their insight on the game. I would love to be in those conversations and hear that. Personally, as I love defense, you know, shortstop is my thing. I would be attending the Fielders of Dreams segment. That would be at the top of my list. Go to the Kids Home Run Derby. I just think those are always fun to watch. Um, and also the MLB The Show competition would be fun. I'm no, uh, I'm not a great MLB The Show player, but I do play it, and I think that would be a lot of fun to compete with one of the players there. So that's what I would do of things that they have. Now, if it's just me and I get to go and I can just pick anything that I want to do for the day, I'd love to have somebody just hit me some ground balls at shortstop. That's what I dream about, whether that's on a little league field, a sandlot, or on a big league field, I would love to have somebody just hit me some ground balls all day at shortstop and be able to throw it over there at first. I don't care if it's any of the players or coaches are out there. You can take somebody out of the stands and have them hit me ground balls over there on that field, and I would be happy all day long. So that's what I would do in my perfect Braves Fest, Braves Fest scenario. But hopefully you all get to go. Hopefully the weather doesn't impact it too much. I'm sure it'll be a great time. Caden Hurd uh, says, where do you see the Braves going if Arceus shows major regression? Would they st stick Fletcher in there or trade? So this begins a couple of questions that we continue to get on the shortstop position. Some of you have went in the comment section and said, you know, leave Orlando RC alone. I'm no longer bringing it up. It's some of the listeners that are bringing it up. And I think it's very valid. I think if there's anywhere to make a major upgrade going forward, it is at shortstop. And I don't have full confidence that RC is that guy going forward. but." Caden apparently doesn't either. I think they'd give Fletcher a chance. They'd give him a look. Might depend on what the rest of the lineup looks like. Do they really need another bat at that point? You know, if RC is struggling, Michael Harris regresses, you know, Ozuna aggresses, or, you know, big bat gets hurt, and there's just a real need for offense. All of a sudden, this deep lineup is just, you know, Kelnick doesn't get off, you know, like we're hoping if that happens, then I could see them maybe going the trade route. I don't know who that would be at this point, but I could see them possibly going a trade route. If not, and you just need somebody to handle the position defensively, and you bat them in the bottom third of the order, I think they give Fletcher a chance. Next one from Dustin Mount says, Fletcher's career numbers rival, if not a smidge better than RC is in all but power, even though he's been trending the wrong way. He's more of a gap hitter with minimal strikeouts. What are your thoughts on him replacing Arcia if he struggles and starts out and Fletcher starts out decently? I think it would take a lot for this to happen. This kind of coincides with the, the previous question. I think it would take a lot for Arcia to lose that job to David Fletcher. Snicker, right or wrong, can be loyal to a fault sometimes. I think it would... Look at Marcelo Zuna at the beginning of last year, and this is a credit to Brian Snicker, who said in spring training he loved what he saw from Ozuna. Even when he had the Strohs in April, he said, I, I love what I saw from him in spring training. I think he's going to come around, and he did. 
you know, but to all of us, it was a, it was a two year plus stretch for Ozuna where he looked terrible and we're all yelling, get him out of the lineup, cut him, get rid of him. Some of us were yelling it for different reasons than on field production or lack thereof, but Snicker stuck with him. You can go to the opposite and look at game three in the postseason where he stuck with elder for too long. He, he has a tendency to be overly loyal to players sometimes. And I think it would take a lot for Orlando Arcia to lose that job at shortstop to get to a point where they say, we're going to give Fletcher an opportunity. And as, as Dustin said, Fletcher's been telling off. He's not that guy that he was even when he was a starter with the Angels. He's solid defensively. And I think you can plug him in and he would do fine there. And you'll know, put the ball in play. I'll give him that. But it, it's not like, I don't think you're going to put Fletcher in and just, it's going to be worlds better than what RC is giving you even at his worst. So I think it would take a lot for RC to come out and then coming back to one from Cass Buckeyes. Cause it's on the shortstop position as well. He said, if the Braves decided to pursue Willie Adamas next off season, what would his contract look like? Let's assume a normal year for Adamas 110 WRC plus 3.5 F war. I can't predict this market anymore. I just kind of give up trying to, Dansby got $170 million last offseason. And I think I think he and Willie Adamas are pretty similar players. They're both really solid defensively. Adamas is going to give you a little bit more pop. Dansby's going to give you a little bit more average. But I think they're both similar values. And Dansby got $170 million. I don't think Adamus is going to get that, but if he just has an, you know, another normal season, like you said, you know, hits 25 home runs, hits 230, 240 even, and plays really good defense, he's known to being a really good clubhouse leader. I could see him getting 150. And I don't know if the Braves are going to pay that or not. Obviously, he's got RC right now on one of the best values in baseball, but I think that's what Willie Adamus could get. Ron Stevens says, Sheffield's not in the Hall of Fame. What's that about? If my memory serves correctly, only two players inducted last year, three this year. There needs to be some kind of consistency of the number of players to get selected. So can't really do anything about the consistency of the number of people who get in. It's all on the voters. Who gets the 75%? Who's on the ballot year to year? I've given up on Hall of Fame voting. Talked about this you know, the other day. Andrew Jones didn't get in again. It's the steroid era. It's really kind of messed up the Hall of Fame voting, and it's it's overpopulated the ballots. And I think that certainly is hurting a lot of the Hall of Fame voting right now. You also just have people voting that shouldn't have votes. More often than not, they still get it right. But uh, I just, I'm kind of over Hall of Fame voting right now. I think there's some stereotyping with Sheffield. Some people that maybe believe he, he did cheat, and maybe that's why he's, not getting as much attention or as many votes, but I'm with Joe me who says hall of fame is stupid. And, and that's unfortunate because I, I revered the hall of fame growing up, you know, it was the hall of the very, very great. And then we've gone away from that a little bit. I was very much a small hall person growing up, but in my mind, it's just the steroid era of things has really kind of messed things up. Like I don't think Barry Bonds and Alex Rodriguez should be in because of what they did and how they, they impacted the game not only for themselves, but for others by cheating and, and knowingly cheated. You wouldn't have covered it up, done all this if you didn't think it was cheating. But how do you not have those guys in there? Like, it's just, I give up on it on this point. I really don't give it much thought or attention just because it 
it's not worth my time. Jay Cho says, what do you think of the JP Martinez trade today? Former top prospect from Cuba. He's a little older, like most Cuban players coming over. Could be the next Adolis Garcia and Kelnick Insurance. I don't know about the next Adolis Garcia. He does not have the best exit velocities. I think it's a 101 uh, 90th percentile, which is just below average. 106 max exit velocity at triple triple A last year. And he had below league average zone contact rate. So, uh, and so does Adolis, I think. But the, the power is not there. It's not a you know huge power guy like Adolis. I do think he is insurance for Kelnick in the outfield in general. You know, getting a guy who can play all three outfield spots, somebody who has minor league options left, has a ton of speed, and a potential 2020 player, I think it just gives the Braves a little bit more insurance in the outfield along with Forrest Wall. Sean Griffin also asked for a breakdown on the newly acquired J.P. Martinez. How does he compare? Pros and cons. Also, why is he going to be a backup for Kellnick Harris or Acuna? So, yeah, he's going to be a backup in the outfield, can play all those spots, and apparently do it well defensively, which is what you want. And I think there's possibly a little bit of upside. I wouldn't look at the batting average AAA last year and think that's legit. He had a 369 batting average on balls in play, so he was really lucky last year at AAA. But I think he's somebody if given regular playing time, maybe could hit 240, 250, give you double-digit home runs somewhere in the 15 to 20 range, and I think you could steal 20 to 30 bases. So I think you know it's a very solid player who perhaps has a little bit more upside than Forrest Wall, even who was the left-handed you know, outfield bench bat for the Braves. Both of those guys will be battling for a bench spot, but both of them have minor league options. So this is really just kind of a depth move, another left-handed bat, and you can, again, have some more insurance in the outfield. Large Large says, do you think the Braves need another starter long guy to bring to spring training to compete with the rest of the pitching staff? Yes, I do, and I would love for that to happen. I wouldn't mind them signing another veteran on a, a minor league deal or a split contract like they've done the last couple of years. Problem is, every veteran right now is getting $12 million for one year, and it's just until those prices come down a little bit, like James Paxton, I thought would be a really solid candidate you could bring in for less than $5 million and let him compete for that last rotation spot, but he got $12 million. So I think you just got to wait on the price of some of these guys to come down, but I would love to see them get another veteran bring him in on a, a minor league deal, let him compete for that job, and hopefully be able to stash him in the minor leagues if you need them. Baltimore Braves fan, what is the last trade you think the Braves legitimately lost? So great question, and if you haven't read it already, Lindsey Crosby over at bravestoday.com wrote nearly 4,000 words detailing every trade that Alex Anthopoulos has made and how he hasn't lost one yet. Some of them end up being a draw where the players he got didn't turn out as hope, but also what he gave up, you know, either cash or the player they gave up, you know, didn't really hurt the Braves. Only trade I can think of that didn't work out for the Braves. And again, it didn't really hurt them on the other end, but you look at that 2021 trade deadline and we all, we all think about the bats that he got and, and how great that deadline was. And it, and it was a great deadline. But some people forget about the Rich Rodriguez trade from the Pirates, and he was a disaster. I mean, the Braves ended up just cutting him after the season. Now, you gave up Bryce Wilson, Ricky DeVito. Again, those haven't hurt you. But that's just the one trade I look at where you thought you were really going to get something out of that deal. You thought you were getting a really good reliever, and it just did not work out at all. 
All right, still got several more questions I want to get to. Hopefully get to some of these in the comment section as well for all of you that have joined live. I uh, see Mastin here, Clinton, James, Pat, Joe Me, Julie C still with me. Uh, James Saunders, a bunch of you in here as well. Thanks so much for joining. But next, I'll get to the rest of your questions from social media. We'll do that next. The NFL postseason is here, and you can get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. You no longer have to win the bet. Just place a $5 bet, and it's $150 in bonus bets, win or lose. You can go over to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get in on all that action, or you can use their app, which is also very user-friendly and easy to use and they have more ways that you can bet like live same game parlays find bets in the new explore tab make a parlay in the parlay hub which is the best way to find popular parlays and many many more options for you you're into the nfl this weekend the championship series i believe it is niners and Ray ravens are the favorites to win this weekend to get to the super bowl the over under on home runs right now for ronald Cunha jr is 37 and a half don't go out there and spend the mortgage on it, but I would take the over, especially if he is going to continue to get the launch angle he got at the end of last year. I think he's getting over 40 again, and I would never put anything past Ron Acuna Jr. as long as he's healthy. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to get in on all that action. Also, make sure you visit FanDuel.com slash safe for tools and resources to help you stay in control of the way you play. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Tell you again about a lot how Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. A Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, getting back into the questions here, Leland says, Hey, Jake, your impression of acquiring the left-handed bat today uh, we already talked about that one. Other question from Leland says, what do you think of Smoltz omitting Freed and Strider from his list of favorite pitchers? Smoltz is not making many fans uh, with his own fans in Atlanta. I know a lot of people don't like him as an announcer. I think he, he's fine there. I think that's a little bit overrated, but I think I, and I didn't read the, I just kind of read the, the article real quickly. Didn't see the actual interview with Smoltz or the article that he did, but I think what he was trying to get at is he liked, because he mentioned a lot of veteran guys and guys who kind of have to manipulate, you know, they've kind of lost some stuff, but they're still able to manipulate hitters and get it done. But if that's your criteria, how can you not love Max Freed? Because that's what he does almost better than anyone. I mean, he doesn't have overpowering stuff, but he just has so much stuff and he's able to, to mix it up and keep the hitter off balance. That's why I love watching Max Freed so much. But regardless... How do you not love watching Spencer Strider pitch? He's just so electric and fun. So I'm not buying that from Smoltz at all. You know, sometimes I think he he says these things because he doesn't want the national media to think that he's a homer with the Braves. Uh, but either way, uh, I don't know how you don't love watching Freed and Strider pitch. And then Leland also said, what are the chances of a deal with Freed? I'd say less than 5% and definitely not before the season starts. Joshua Daniels, Yankees supposedly offered Snell $150 million when she turned down. Do you think the Braves could offer him $175, $185 and get him to come to Atlanta? I think absolutely they could. 
Also, I think there's almost no chance that the Braves offer him that deal. Couple from Big Dog Fan 73 to end it off. What do you think of the Braves jerseys changing? I didn't even know that's a thing. I'm not, I'm not the jersey expert. I do know there's a rule now you can only wear like four different jerseys, which I think is kind of silly, but yeah, sorry, I don't I don't stay up to date with all the different jerseys they're wearing. And the last one from Big Dog says, with what we're seeing with Blake Snell and Jordan Montgomery, do you think it might motivate free to seek an extension with Atlanta that's guaranteed than taking the chance on having an injury-riddled year? Snell won the Cy Young and still can't find a team to pay him what he wants. Let's see what they get first. These are Boris clients. I have a feeling they're going to get their money in the end, but you know, there's always that risk as a pitcher. But, I mean, he's coming off an injury riddled season now so is he already you know getting that discounted deal now and is he going into 24 hoping that he has that healthy season so you know if he goes into 24 has another injury riddled season you're looking at somebody that might have to take a one-year deal just to reestablish his market or somebody who may accept a qualifying offer that the Braves are going to offer him and then reestablish his market but I don't think this year's class what Snell and Montgomery are going through really changes much of anything for Max Freed. I think he's going to test free agency. I think he's going to get his money. All right, as far as the news of the day, we already talked about the trade. Braves sending Tyler Owens to the Rangers for J.P. Martinez. Jock Peterson, not going to be a Brave, at least not right now. Diamondback signed him for one year, $12.5 million. Just didn't make sense for the Braves. It is interesting. Jock Peterson signs, and then the Braves trade for a left-handed outfielder. So I uh, don't know if maybe they were – waiting uh, to make sure Jack Peterson signs somewhere else, but the timing of that definitely was interesting. Jim Powell will be back in the radio booth. That's sad. I uh, love hearing his voice. I love the duo of him and Ben Ingram together, both great radio voices. And David Robertson got a one-year, $12 million deal from the Rangers. That is what this market is right now. It's just all these veterans are getting one-year deals for 10, 12 millions. Uh, and it's just really, really crazy. All right. Thank you so much for your questions here, James Saunders, saying, come on, Jake, you got to know everything. I'm not the Jersey guy. If you are if you know all about the jerseys, let us know down in the comments section below. Uh, would love to see that. But yeah, I am certainly not the Jersey expert. Thank you all for joining me, though. Thanks all for those who are here live. Almost got up to 100 viewers on a Friday night. Really appreciate that. So many questions submitted, over 20 questions submitted again. You continue to give me really good questions each and every week. So I thank you so much for that and all the support that you give me here at Locked on Braves. But again, that will do it for this episode. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. If you're new, hit that thumbs up button to help us get to 10K by opening day. Make sure that you follow us on social media at shortstopball at Locked on underscore Braves. Hope you all have a great weekend. And unless Alex Anthopoulos does go out and sign Blake Snell, we'll talk to you with another Miners Monday on Monday, giving you my top five prospects in the Brave system. So I'll be looking for that on Monday's episode. But until then, we will talk to you. Hey, this is Stacey Gotsoulias. DC Lundberg. Ryan Finkelstein. Taylor Blake Ward. Host of Locked on Yankees. Locked on Mariners. Locked on Mets. Locked on Angels. And you're listening to Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Locked on Braves. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. 